Adam Crowley. Uh, I want to talk about what the hell you guys are doing at Cheesy's because I, I really don't want to Google condoms, noses on my uh, work computer. So The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Joey Chestnut is America's greatest human. 74 hot dogs on 7-4. And it wound up being 1,776 calories. That mother bleeper's American is all bleep. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 4129-222874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Got Brian LaMartina across from me. Got Tom. He's shirtless. And he is just beyond the glass. What'd you guys do in your fourth? I drank nothing, surprisingly, but ate half a tray of buffalo chicken dip, and now I feel like I'm hungover. I had all kind of crap coming out of me. And it's in the form of buffalo chicken dip. Like, I did not digest any of it. Tom walked all up in here today, just hung over as all get out, sweating bullets. He said, what's wrong with you? Told him I ate half a tray of buffalo chicken dip. Tom told me he was drinking some kind of white, red, and blue slurpy thing with liquor in it. Sounds dangerous. It was fun. It was too hot for the 4th of July yesterday. <laughs> that is my official take to open up the show it was too damn hot for the fourth of july and i wish we could move it it was hot and then it rained fireworks are badass though not overrated not a big fireworks guy they remind me of nom my wife and i were watching that get up show this morning it's something i do now every day i can't believe they suckered me in michelle beadle greenberg jalen rose They were talking about Joey Chestnut. They were talking about the hot dog eating contest. They were acting as if this was the biggest sporting event that had ever happened. And I suppose it's because there's nothing going on sports-wise on the 4th of July. And yes, that includes baseball. Because baseball's dying. Dying. Dead. Peace. See ya. No more. So they resorted to talking about the hot dog eating contest. And she said, my wife did, that eating 74 hot dogs makes her sick. Is watching somebody do that makes her want to get physically ill. She says there's going to be health problems with Joey Chestnut late in his life. He's going to have all kinds of problems medically because he wanted to make a buck by eating 74 hot dogs. And what is it, 12 minutes, 10 minutes? doesn't matter. And then it hit me. Shouldn't people be feeling like that when they watch football? And there go the radios turning up. See you later. Don't want to hear that today, do we? Don't want to hear that. Don't want to hear that football is bad for you. CTE's a thing, people. It is. Concussions, they hurt. A lot of NFL players, they are going to have problems. A lot of problems later in life with their brains. And not just the brains, but the rest of their bodies, too, get crippled and beaten down by this game of football. Tunchokin seems to me like he's in pretty good health, but his fingers are all mangled up and shooting every direction. God only knows what happened to Craig Wolfley's brain. 
Love the guy. But God only knows. And it made me think that the reaction she had watching the hot dog eating contest is kind of the reaction we should all have watching football, watching hockey, watching any of these high contact sports. She thought, oh my God, what's going to happen to him one day? What the hell? And then he ate 120 Twinkies at a different point. He ate 54 tacos. 120 Twinkies is just diabetes. I mean, what can you hope to gain from that nutritionally? It's not good for you. It's bad. And I started doing the research, and the calories are just absurd. Now, I'm sure he takes care of himself in the meantime, but the rigorous training he goes through must mean that he's eating something. So I did think about him, and I thought, this guy, he's going to be in trouble later in life. All those people up on the stage, they're going to be in trouble later in life. They're going to have problems. They might be having problems now. I mean, Joey Chestnut eating 74 hot dogs, that's the worst acid reflux you could ever have in your entire life. And all these things are going through my mind, and yet I don't always feel that way when I watch football. And I do now more than I ever have. After Ryan Shazier's injury, seeing him walk out at draft night, Seeing him walk out for the press conference at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, you realize what these guys go through. You realize the possible consequences. But I don't think before Ryan Shazier that ever hit me, for real, I don't think it ever really smacked me in the face, poor pun there, just how awful this sport can be to these guys. And I'm not saying turn off the TV. I'm not saying don't watch your favorite football team. Don't watch the Steelers on Sunday because, my God, 95% of the people in Pittsburgh will be watching the Steelers on Sunday if they're not working. That's just what we do. That's who we are. And across the country, a bunch of people are watching football. Less than before, but a lot of people are watching football. And I'm just asking you to feel like my wife did whenever she watched the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. That's all I'm asking. A little empathy there. Just feel for the guys. Yes, they're making millions of dollars, and I'm sure we'll field calls. Well, no one's going to call. We'll field tweets, and maybe I'll see an email or two. Growly, they make this decision. Well, some do, yes. Some don't. I mean, really, what is free thought anyway? Okay, we won't go there. But a lot of these guys, Antonio Brown was living in a car. They need football to get out of the situations that they're in, so they do that. So I will feel bad. The next time I see a couple of helmets crack, I will keep it in the back of my mind. Because if a hot dog eating contest can pull that kind of emotion out of my wife, then my God, when guys could go through brain trauma, I feel like we should have a little bit of empathy for them too. 120 Twinkies in a six-minute period. That's like months worth of sugar right there. That ain't good. But football's not good for the body. Boxing isn't good for the body. MMA's not good for the body. Getting pounded in the head for minutes at a time. It's just, it's gladiators. Hockey's so violent, you could wind up like Daniel Carcillo, who keeps writing for the Players' Tribune. We all saw, again, what happened to Ryan Shays here. I'm 100% serious here, too. This is my take on July 5th. Feel the way my wife did watching the hot dog eating contest the next time you flip on a football game. We should say, man, that can't be good for you. We should be cognizant of that. At every turn, we should be saying the same thing for football and for boxing and for hockey. 412-922-2874. Tim Ben's going to join us at 440. We've got a furry joining us at 420. His name I am not going to try to pronounce. Not until we get him on the phone and then we'll get his name. 
I can't pronounce it. I don't want to butcher the thing. But I don't know what the furries are about. I don't know. Is it a sexual thing? I don't know. Like, do they get all hopped up and put these costumes on and do it doggy style? I don't know. I don't know how it goes. I really don't. And I'm not trying to make a joke of the thing. I just don't know. So we'll ask one. Coming up at 420 in just 12 minutes on the Crowley Show. And I guess it's like anything, right? I mean, I'm sure some people do it. Doesn't mean they all do it. Maybe they all do do it. Maybe the weird ones are the guys who don't. I will ask the question. Brian will ask some questions. Tom, God only knows. Tom's got a tail on right now. Not that there's anything wrong with it. There's not. Tom's like an anti-furry. He doesn't wear a shirt. That's true. But <laughs> then in lies the fur underneath. Yeah, which is actually kind of furry. He does have a tail. It's coming out of the small of his back. It's fuzzy a, and weird. He does have a weird fuzzy. It's a weird looking thing, it's man. It's a weird fuzzy it's triangle. It's a weird fuzzy triangle. <laughs> the Offerman Triangle. Women get lost up in there all the time. All the damn time. <laughs> They'd let him in the convention for that alone. <laughs> Be like, oh, I see you're one of us. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they walk in and they have to show a badge, or they have to show a tail or something. Tom just takes his shirt off and bends over. That's it. That's all you got to do. You can see that thing. It's a different color than the hair on his head, too. So, Tom's a skinny. He might be a stuffed animal going as a, as a human. Is that a thing? A skinny? We have to ask those questions. Those like, are the kind of things. I'd like to get to the bottom of this. Because, yeah. honestly, I'm ignorant when it comes to this whole form of lifestyle. I am, too. I'm a little scared of it, honestly. Me, too. Full disclosure. Well, that's just it, though. Understanding will make us feel better about it. Exactly. The fear hopefully, will dissipate. Hopefully. Well, maybe. Well, if we're made to understand the wrong thing, then I don't think I'd feel better about I it. I wonder if there's, like, mobs. Like, I wonder if there's some ringer furry that runs the whole shiz, you know? Is there, like, the hottest furry at the place? Like, oh, I guarantee like, that. the hottest furry? Well, I definitely... I, so, I don't know. If, do they buy the costumes? Do they make the costumes? So many questions. Yeah. Do they go to sleep with stuffed humans every night? Yeah. Is there, like, a Pierre Cardon of, like, furry suits? <laughs> you know, like a Vera Wang? Who, like, if you're not... Right. Wearing, who are you wearing this year? Right. You know, I'm wearing a Buster from Oklahoma. And then do they have tags? And does that... Pull away from the authenticity. We will learn in now nine minutes here on the Crowley Show. So many questions to ask. Hey, the Pirates are done. Holy hell, what a weekend. Oh, my God. They got blown out by a total of 31-8 to over the three-game series against the Dodgers. It's the haves and the have-nots. And that could have been the segment today to start the show. We couldn't have... You know, stop talking about furries. We could have stopped talking about hot dogs and how that relates to concussions in the National Football League. We could have just talked about how the Dodgers have and the Pirates have not, and it's always going to be that way, and there's nothing to do. But I've now found new meaning in the Pirates. I now know that there's something to play for this year. For the first time this year, I feel like the Pirates have a legit opportunity to play for something. And no, not the NL Central. They're 11 games out of the NL Central. They're eight games out the wild card. They've got a 1.8%, according to Fangraph's, chance of making the playoffs. But really, they have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. So what's there left to play for? Relegation? Well, kind of. I know this ain't the Premier League, and they don't actually do that crap. But for our purposes, if the Pirates get caught by the Reds, then they absolutely should get relegated. The Reds are 13-4 and since the two teams last met. And the Pirates are 4-10 and since the two teams last met. So they've picked up seven and a half games in a 17 or 14 game span. They be coming for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They are coming after them. So we are going to look 
at the Pirates the rest of the year in the scope of will the Reds catch them? And if the Reds do pass them, can the Pirates catch the Reds? What the Pirates have to play for now, for the first time all year, for real, is fourth place in the NL Central. That's what they paid for, and that's what they deserve to get. It is the Mega Bowl! Mega Bowl! The Mega Bowl! Mega Bowl! The Reds are two and a half games behind the Pirates. That's it, two and a half. A lot of season left. Ain't even at the All-Star break. Just past the 4th of July, and you know the old adage, right? Baseball season doesn't really start until the 4th of July. This is when you start looking at the playoff races. This is when you start actually diving into this shiz. Well, now we are. And I apologize because we have not been covering the Pirates the way that the Pirates deserve to be covered all season long. When they were off to the hot start, we covered them. We talked about that. Do they have staying power? We did that whole thing. We made fun of all the people who believed that they did. But then they fell out of it quickly. But now they've got new meaning. Can they hold the red legs off? I kind of think no. They got Eugenio Suarez. They got Scooter Jeanette. They got Joey Votto. They've got three really good players on that team. The Pirates have some good players. They don't have any stars. Those three players could be stars. Cincinnati's actually got something to build off of, I think. And the Pirates don't. You want to give me Josh Bell? I don't think I'll take him. (laughs) I don't know if he's a star. Last year, I would have said he's on his way to stardom. You don't know. How about Austin Meadows? Is he a star? Well, not yet. He's hitting 295. Good season. Is he a star? Don't know. Can't say. Jameson Tyon, incredibly disappointing. Ivan Nova is who he is. Rivero, Vasquez, whatever the hell you want to call him. That guy was a star. You thought maybe he could be. They paid him like one, and then what happened? He's just okay. He's fine. Who do they have to build around? The Reds have three dudes to build around. I'd rather be a Reds fan than a Pirates fan. The last five years, the Reds have been trash. And I'd rather be a Reds fan than a Pirates fan. So who's going to win fourth place in the NL Central? Mega Bowl! Who's going to stay out of the basement? Mega Bowl! Who's going to avoid complete embarrassment? Mega Bowl! Probably not the Pirates. Mega Bowl! Randy Slack works somewhere. He used to come on the show all the time on Fridays. He's a big Cincinnati Reds fan. He's been beating their drum all season long. They're better than people think. They're better than people think. They're great. We'll talk to him at 5 o'clock about what's going on now in the Queen City. We got Lance Lysowski at 540. How can the Pirates hold off these Reds? What can they do to bar the doors? It's the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl. Coming up next, a furry named Carl. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. I'm with you, and you know what? That'd be an even better point than your cheese piece today. And that's saying something, because your cheese pieces are unbelievable. Thank and you, sir. they're my favorite thing on Twitter. Adam Crowley. Oh, yeah. Cheese. Yeah. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Anthrocon is this weekend. And I know virtually nothing about it. In fact, I just I just know nothing. I really don't. Now, I know Mikey and Big Bob, they always get all up in there. They go to the convention center. They have some fun. They'll have a couple of furries on the show. So we figured we'd do the same thing. I had a lot of questions to ask here. Got to get down to business. Brass tacks. So we've got a furry named Carl Jorgensen joining us now 
on the line. Carl, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Hey, thanks a lot for making the time. Hey, yeah, it's great to be back in Pittsburgh. All right, so I'm going to ask a very vague question to start things off. Uh, and it's okay. really not so much of a question as much as it is kind of a statement, but can you just tell me everything about furries, and then we'll just jump <laughs> off from there? Okay, so furries are sort of like cartoon animals. Like, imagine, like, animals with human characteristics, like Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, you know, that kind of thing, like Zootopia. <laughs> you know, that is sort of the just general definition of, like, what a furry is. It's like a walking, talking animal. So it's just... Like any other convention, I suppose. I mean, not I, I, not to be offensive or, or anything, but I mean, it's just you guys just go up and you, you dress up and you have a convention, right? Or or do you carry this persona day in and day out? No, usually it's it's people when they uh, they come to conventions and stuff like that. They you know you'll see some of the people dressed up in the uh, in the animal costumes, but that's only about twenty percent of our attendees. Most people don't have the costumes, oh. and I mean it's not. It's not like a requirement to have a costume because they're so expensive, but you know it's it's a fun thing to do, and it's it's a lot of um, when people come to the conventions they like to to show off the costumes. Yeah. How did you get involved? And in, are you somebody who does wear a costume to these conventions? No, not yet. Um, I've I've been debating whether or not because, like I said, they're they're kind of expensive, and you know you only wear it a couple times a year. You know it. it it's hard to justify the expense they can run up into the thousands of dollars Whoa. to make them. Yeah. So, no, I don't have a costume yet, but uh thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> We're joined by Carl Jorgensen here on the Crowley Show. Uh, he'll be attending Anthrocon this weekend. It starts this weekend, correct? Uh, yeah, we are opening ceremonies actually tomorrow around 10.30-ish. And we have a uh, one of the, the fun things that... Um, y'all in Pittsburgh can do is come out to our fursuit parade that's happening on Saturday at 2 o'clock uh, out by the convention center. Carl, one thing with uh, with these suits, you said they're really expensive. Like, where does one go to get a, a suit made? Is there like a Vera Wang of like like suit makers? or <laughs> I mean, how does that work? Um, back in the day, it was sort of a, sort of a arcane art of, uh, making the, the, uh, the, the costumes. We call them fursuits. Um, but over the years, um, as people learned how to create them and, and, you know, develop their skills, um, you can either make one yourself, um, you know, if you've got the time and, you know, money to, to put into it. Um, or you can you can actually go and and uh, there there are people who do custom uh, you know custom character you know custom fursuit creations um, you know and the the price range varies depending on you know how how detailed you want it to be. Have you ever attempted to make your own? Uh, I did, and it's a lot of work. I, I, I tell you, <laughs> it, it is a lot of work. Now, what happened to it? Because you said you're going without a costume, and it must not have turned out that good. Yeah, it, it it it's a lot of work and I'm I'm not really that good at it and it takes a lot of time. Um, you know, it's a big investment in time. I just didn't have the time to work on it and stuff like that. So I might when I when I eventually get one I might end up getting one commissioned. What's your animal of choice, Carl? Uh, I'm probably I'm probably going to get a unicorn or something. Nice. Yeah. Carl Jorgensen joining us here on the Crowley show. He's a furry. Uh, is that now can I, do I just say you're a furry? Do, are you affiliated with the organization in any way? Yeah, furry fan. Uh, I've actually been attending the convention um, since before, well, 
since before it began, actually. It began in Albany, New York in uh, 1997. Um, but before that, it was actually a Halloween, you know, and New Year's Eve party in somebody's college, you know, apartment. Um, and then eventually when the numbers, you know, attendees got into like the triple digits, they said, hey, let's have a convention. And it's just been growing from there. Now, to begin, how did you find this and what attracted you to this at the beginning? Well, I've always, you know, I've always been into cartoon animals and stuff as a, as a kid and stuff like that growing up. I like, you know, the Bugs Bunny, you know, Roadrunner, you know, Wile E. Coyote cartoons. Um, and then it wasn't until, I guess, in the early 90s, I realized there was an entire community of, uh, you know, people who like this. It's like, it's like science fiction fandom, except yeah. for cartoon animals. So it was very interesting to me to find, like, oh, there's actually other people who like, you know, cartoons and cartoon animals and stuff. And I was like, great. What are the common misconceptions with people who are furry fans? Oh, I don't know. If there's, I think probably the biggest misconception these days is people think it's all about about the fursuits about the people in costume because i mean that's like the most visually you know visually attractive you know most photogenic i guess thing is people take all these pictures of the folks in the animal costumes and they don't realize there's actually there's also artwork there's writing there's you know puppeteering to a certain extent there's you know there's a lot of different aspects it's not just costuming so i think that's probably the biggest you know people think it's all just animal costumes and it's not it's only like 20 percent of our folks have the costumes carl from what i understand a lot of people create like all backstories personas like you were saying there's a lot of fan fiction that goes on with that are there people mm -hmm. that you guys run into that like just never break kayfabe at all and they, they just stay in it and and you're even like Wow, dude, you need to come out once in a while. Are there some people who just never break it? I don't think so. I haven't really heard of, of that many people and stuff like that. I mean, the 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 nice. I I think the great part about the fandom that I like the most is everybody has their own individual character. They're like one of a kind characters that they've created. You know, it's not like. You know, you go to a Star Wars convention and it's, you've got, you know, 20 people dressed up as stormtroopers and a dozen Darth Vaders and a, you know, a bunch of people dressed up as Princess Leia and, and so on and stuff. Mo for the most part, everybody's got their own individual character and it's, you know, just incredibly creative. And I think that's like one of my favorite things about the fandom. Is there a sexual aspect to this at all? Well, I mean, you know, everybody has sex. I mean, you'll find that in any fandom. Okay, I think, because to me, that is, I think, one of the misconceptions, that everyone puts on the furry costumes, and they go down there, and it's like a big, wild, furry sex romp. <laughs> I mean, it might it well, might turn I into mean, that. I mean, you know, people say the craziest things about us and stuff like that. I mean, people ask me about the misconceptions, and it's like, I don't know, we've, we've been here in Pittsburgh since 2006. I mean, if, if folks don't get what we're about by now, I mean... I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Well, you they're know? not asking the right questions of Carl. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, we're joined by Carl Jorgensen. Uh, he is a furry fan in town for Anthrocon this weekend. Any mm -hmm. any weird stuff go town at, at these things? And again, uh, not not to put you guys in a box or anything like that. But I imagine right. when there are you know Comic Con stuff like that, you hear about all kind of wild stuff that goes on. Sure. Uh -huh. Like after parties yeah. in the yeah. hallway in the hotel. Like, I mean, actually, there's a question: Is there a lot of drinking going on at the at the furry uh, convention? 
Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't know. Because if I, I'm coming uh, in town, I'm going to I'm going to party. Uh, I'm coming in for that convention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, folks hang out and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, there's there's probably like any typical uh, convention and stuff. There's there's parties going on and stuff. Apart from the convention, are a lot of your friends involved in the community? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've met a lot of people through uh, through the convention. I mean, I've been going to the to uh, Anthrocon since it started. Um, you know, so I've met a lot of people either through the conventions or you know over the internet and stuff through the various communities. So, so you're probably yeah, it, it's a great, it's a lot of fun. So when you get to come back to Pittsburgh, you're probably seeing people from all over the country. I'd imagine coming to this thing. Oh, we have people from all over the country. We have people from all over the world who come. Appreciate your time, uh, Carl. Hope you have a really good time. And I guess one more question. Yeah, sure. Can we get in? I mean, can anybody get in? How do we get into this thing? Uh, yeah, registration, I believe it is open today. Uh, you can buy registration, you know, memberships. If you stop by the, uh, it's in the David Lawrence Convention Center on the second floor. And there's the registration line there, and you can buy, you know, either day passes or you can buy for the whole weekend. You know, come check out what we've uh, check out what we've got. Is it like an overnight thing too? Um, yeah, there, we have uh, stuff going on. You know, all all during the day, all during the night. We've nice. got, uh, yeah, uh, dances and you know, entertainment for when the uh, the dealer room closes and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. What's your all time favorite thing that's happened at Anthrocon? Um, probably just, um, being able to, you know, get together and, and see, uh, see friends and so on. Really appreciate the time, Carl. Thanks a lot, man. Sure thing. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. Have a blast. There he goes. That's Carl Jorgensen. I didn't know what to ask. I feel terrible. Look, I just wanted to get illuminated here and he helped a lot. He yeah. helped a lot. There's some stuff he was holding back on though. You could tell there's some stuff he's holding back. Yeah, on. like I don't, I don't. He's got to go out and have a beer. Come on, Carl. Yeah, like there's lots of beers going on. They're probably drinking them from like big human sized bowls, but like still, there's a lot of beer drinking going on. Well, it's like when I go to Morgantown for a football game. Yeah, we get to see all our friends, and that's really the reason we're there. Like I can watch West Virginia on the TV whenever, and I can get the same enjoyment. I don't love going to sporting events anymore, but I'll go so I can see all my friends and so we can party our freaking faces off. There's a lot of that going on, I'd imagine, at Anthrocon, especially if there's dances going on overnight. I feel like I don't know that much more than when we started, to be honest. Yeah, I think we might have just started right where we started, (laughs) or ended up right where we started. Carl seemed like a very nice guy. I have a better idea of where things are, but Tim Benz has talked to a couple of furry fans throughout the years. He'll join us next. We'll touch on that. (laughs) What, What animal would Tim be? A bat. A vampire. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he's a bloodsucker, that guy. <laughs> what would you be? That's what we'll talk about when we come back. Oh, no. That's what we'll talk about. Good topic idea, Brian. <laughs> and we'll also talk about the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl. DSP at Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowman on ESPN Pittsburgh. A lot to get to with Tim Benz. He, of course, does breakfast with Benz. 
at the Trib. Are the Reds going to catch the Pirates? Are super teams bad? Do the Penguins have a lack of leadership? We start, though, with furries. Tim, what's the deal with furries, man? Uh, I was in the midst of some furries last night. It kind of smells like wet furry downtown right now because it's been so rainy. And I don't know if the furries are afraid to go out in their costumes when there's thunderstorms about. But uh, I saw a couple last night as the fireworks were taking place. Of course, I live right downtown, so they walk around my neighborhood all the time here in the cultural district. Uh, their headquarters are right downtown, usually at the uh, Marriott City Center. So I am in the midst. I'm at ground zero for furries. Did you get a furry on before I came on the air? Because uh, it is quite the honor to have been bumped and have my interview time moved for a furry. So did you at least come through and get one on the air? Yeah, we got him. He was a very nice man, but he wasn't giving us what we wanted. Was it the same furry that I had on the X years ago, the head furry, the Anthrocon leader? No. What did that guy say? What did he tell you happened at these things? Oh, well, I mean, he downplayed it, of course. Yeah. You know, all the, he didn't want anybody to believe that the legends of litter boxes outside the hotel rooms and, you know, um, craven sex acts taking place inside the hotel rooms ever actually happened. So uh, he tried to downplay that. He sounded like the professor on The Simpsons. That's what I remember more than anything. He's like, why does Anthony talk like this? And the flavor of the human, huh? You know, like that sort of voice. He was exactly how you would want the head furry to sound. So he downplayed the sex thing. So did the guy we had on. His name was Carl. They got to be banging, though. I mean, that's 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 all the fun, right? I mean, sure, you do all the other stuff, but like, you want to drink, you want to have fun, you want to carry on. Well, I think it's gotten mainstream now, Adam. It's gotten so popular here in Pittsburgh. We've become such a tourist destination for all things furry. It's gotten to the point where, you know, it's... Uh, you can do it for a weekend, but not really be into it. I think back in the day when they started this, like 10, 15 years ago, it was more about the hard schoolers, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think it's kind of gotten watered down now and almost touristy in that regard. It's so big now, you can't almost, it's like it's too big to be a fetish. You know what I mean? Just a promotion note to the furry people. Like, you need to tell these stories more. Don't hide behind these, because honestly, if I can't use a litter box in the hallway and go to a weird sex party, I'm not dressing up. You know when it jumped the shark, when it got so mainstream, is when Johnny Drama banged a furry on Entourage. Yes, that's he, when did. It really turned. he did. <laughs> Forgot about that. Tim Ben's that's, joining us here on the Crowley that's Show. When it became, that's when it became pretty, like, like a regular thing to do. You going to snag yourself a furry, Tim? You know what? I'm going to be out of town this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to Wrigley. Uh, a nice. friend of mine has never been to Wrigley before, so he and I decided to get away to uh, go to Chicago to go watch the game. Um, and he's never been to Wrigley. I've been once before. So what I was thinking about doing for a while was renting my place out to the furries. I thought I could make an Airbnb killing. But then I remembered everything I just told you about what I heard from the hotel employees. <laughs> And I said, there's no way that's happening. I'll be cleaning up kitty litter for 14 months. All right, so if I wasn't going out of town, and now that you're going out of town, this doesn't work, we should have we should have said, we're not going out of town this weekend, and we're going to go up in these furry conventions, right? And we're going to go into the hotel, we're going to get ourselves a room, and we're just going to do a little recon work. We're going to figure out what these peeps are up to. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. Although, they jack the rates up, because everybody knows the furries spend. 
So this is a big hotel weekend in downtown Pittsburgh. Tim or the Reds? Well, we could just wander the halls. I mean, we could do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could get in no problem. Just stick a tail on Tom's ass. <laughs> Tim, well, where would the hot dogs go? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, are the Reds going to catch the Pirates in the Mega Bowl? Mega Bowl! Um, I would think no. I don't think the Pirates are going to get... I think the Reds are hot enough right now. They'll just cool off and really tank. I still pick the... Pirates to finish in fourth place. I thought Madden put it pretty well earlier when he says kind of like Jackie Moon and Tropic Thunder. You know, the, the Fort Wayne Tropics or whatever they were called. The goal was just to finish in fourth place. I think the Pirates can do that. Well, they did spend just enough to be right in fourth place, right? But here's the deal. They don't have the star power the Reds have. Like, the Reds, I'd rather be a Reds fan than a Pirates fan right now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I would be um, they're at least beating the bad teams when they need to. They won a couple series against the Mets and Padres. But when's the, last, when's the last time you really have seen a baseball team as outclassed as the Pirates were in their four-game series against Arizona than their three-game series against the Dodgers? Nice. Like, you know, did you see the thing that went up on uh, Channel 7 in L.A. where they ran the final score, they ran the highlights of the Dodgers-Pirates game, and by accident they put up the East Carolina Pirates logo instead of the Pittsburgh Pirates logo? Did you notice that? I did. I saw that in Breakfast with Ben's this morning, in fact, Timothy. <laughs> like, if you're East Carolina, don't you sue for defamation <laughs> of character? Because I would. Tim Ben's joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, are super teams bad for sports? I don't think so. And I think this thing with the Warriors signing DeMarcus Cousins is completely overrated. You know how I know you've gotten good as a talk show host, Adam, is that I listened to you talk about the Cousins thing for quite a bit on Tuesday, and I disagreed with everything, every single thing you said, but I still enjoyed listening to you. Yeah! So, yeah. That, that's how I know you're getting there as a talk show host. I couldn't, I, I couldn't have agreed less with anything you said, but I was still compelled and listened. So, Mega well Bowl! Done. Um, no, I just like. Do you, do you really think that Boogie is going to make that big of a deal? That big of a difference? Well, no, Boogie? they were they were going to win anyhow. But now they can win. Yeah, they're going to win yeah. anyhow. Yeah. Not only were they going to win anyhow, but like, you know, people are freaking out over a guy who's never played in the playoffs before that you know needs the ball and is never going to have it. I mean, I guess he can help him rebounding, but you know, scoring wise, like he's not going to get close to twenty one and twelve or anything like that when he goes there. He'll help them, but I think he's going to hurt himself statistically. He's not going to play to December anyway. You know, and, like, they should have won this year more easily than they did. You know, they were down twice in the second half, um, or at least the uh, take it back after the first quarter of Game 7, but they were down double digits twice in a row in elimination games. And they were, they were a super team this year and almost lost. The Patriots were a super team and lost. The Yankees were a super team every year for 30 years, and they lost in a couple seasons. So... You know, there are dominant teams, but, you know, even like the Lakers and Celtics back in the 80s, you know, the Sixers snuck in past them once or twice, the Bucks snuck by the Celtics, the Rockets snuck by the Lakers. You know, stuff happens. I, mean, I, I don't think this is the ruination of sports, as people were suggesting. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how they manage the egos, and that is at least going to be worth keeping an eye on, I think. Yeah, you know, people keep talking about the technical fouls they are going to add up with Boogie and Draymond Green, I guess Durant is known to get a couple, too. Uh, yeah, that, that could play a role, but I don't think it's going to come into play to the point that they, you know, argue their way out of a championship. I could see 
Cousins being a detrimental factor that he really hurts chemistry, I can see that being the case, especially if they try to force him the ball. But like, here's here's a point that you made that okay, here's here's one point that you made that I disagree that I wanted to follow up with you on. Do you you really think that any of those five guys are a player that if you took them away from the Warriors, you could start a franchise around and win a championship? Because that's what you said on Friday on Tuesday. Yeah, I think you could. I I, I refuse to believe that. Don't... I don't think. I think Durant and Steph yes. are good enough yes. that you could build a team around either one of them and win a championship. If you built it, we already know what it looks like when you build a team around Boogie. You never make the playoffs. Well, if I, I built the, if I built the team, I would win with him. If I built it. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> you, you, the NBA general managing mind that you are, would be able to assemble the right talent and have them be the focal point, huh? Yes, uh, especially because the five NBA players who who I've heard of are all playing for the Warriors now, apart from LeBron James. <laughs> I'd probably have an I'd probably have an issue there. Uh, I think, and you're probably right that not all of them you could take and build a championship around, but. Uh, if I take Clay off, I feel like I got a pretty all right shot. If he's my first, if he's my best player, I think that I could, I think I could make a run. If the Warriors don't exist, I don't think that you. I, I would hazard to say that if you took Clay, Cousins, Draymond Green, and made them the best player on the team, that none of those teams would make the playoffs. And if they did, they'd be like a seven or an eight in the East. What if I take Clay, Draymond, and I take who am I missing there from the other three? Uh, who did I say? Draymond, Clay, and Boogie. And I just had those three as my three. And you take off Durant, and you take off Steph. If you took, yeah, Can they win it all? Thompson, no, if you took Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think that's like a four or five team. They're losing to LeBron James, that much we know. Yeah, because there's no ball dominator on any of those that you just outlined right. Well, we'll there. Do, all right, we'll, all right, okay, we'll give him we'll give him Rondo too. No, no, no. When I say ball dominator, not not a guy. Who's not distributor. I see. I see. I'm I talking about a guy who gets the ball, you know, at the top of the key of the wing and drives the hoop and gets fouled. Like, yeah, that that's the key. Like we'll give him Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi. All right, you know what? If you gave if you gave me Kawhi, you could win with that team. That team plus Kawhi, yeah. yes, you could absolutely win with that team. Oh, good, because I couldn't name another NBA player. Tim Benz joins us on the Crowley Show. Uh, Tim, you, I thought, made a bunch of great points when talking about the Penguins and their quote-unquote leadership void. Man, we talked for hours and hours and wrote a bunch of column inches about the Penguins and their problems this year. I don't think at any point did I say, well, it's a big leadership void. I don't think that ever happened. I don't think that ever came out of my mouth. And then now we hear from Jim Rutherford, well, there's a leadership void. Oh, my God. It is such a false narrative. It is nothing more than something to say to make it sound like the Matt Cullen signing is important, which it isn't. Just say you spent $650,000 on a veteran that may or may not play on some nights is going to do nothing but be on the fourth wing. Like, you don't need to convince me why you got Matt Cullen. I know why you did it, because he's versatility on the wing or center. He's depth, and he's your guy. And he's cheaper than Chris Kudis. Fine. You know, we didn't need the whole speech about how his veteran leadership is necessary because we lost guys in that regard. Like, think about it, Adam. Think about if at some point um, in late March, early April, even after the Capitol series, if some writer or talk show host went on the air and said, hey, you know why the Penguins lost? Lack of leadership. Penguin Twitter oh. explode in anger. How could you say such a thing? Gino became a leader this year. 
Sid's a leader. And, and now that dad is back, we just spoon feed it and eat it up. Like, oh, yeah, they need leadership. What, why? Because Jim said so as a way to validate the signing? Come on. Uh, we are so two-faced when it comes to stuff like that. We just want to believe what's handed to us uh, via PR from the Penguins. It's it's unbelievable. And I'm fine with the signing. I don't, I don't care that they signed Cohen. Fine, so be it. Great. If he's got a little less in the tank and he helps him for even 40 games this year, oh, wonderful. But, you know, say, oh, we lost a lot of leadership. We needed to bring it back. Well, then that suggests it was an, absence, it was an absentee issue last year. And if it was an absentee issue last year, then why were we bending over backwards talking about how great of a leader Gino had become and how great of a leader Sid had become in his own and how great of a leader Hornquist has emerged as and uh, how they missed it when Hagelin was off the ice in a leadership, uh, leadership capacity and it helped when it came back. Well, which way is it? It can't be both. I think the oversell there, and then with Jack Johnson in the whole, we know something that you don't know, it just tells me I think they're paying a little too much attention to what people are saying on social media and the airwaves. Uh, the Jack Johnson thing, I'm going to give him a little bit. Uh, it was such a negatively, it, it, it's rare to see uh, blogosphere and uh, Twitter reaction that negative of the Penguins about anything, because that's usually who likes to lap up what's spoon-fed to them. Um, so I think that caught them off guard because usually whatever Rutherford says becomes gold in their eyes. And, um, because so many people have wed themselves to the theory of analytics and there are very few analytics that look good for Jack Johnson. They convinced themselves it was a bad sign. The Penguins never had to deal with blowback like that against the Rutherford move before, uh, at least not since they won the cups. So I think they were caught off guard by that. And I don't mind trying to sell the fan base a little bit on Johnson since it was received negatively and they think he's a better player. You know, one thing from an analytical point of view that I wrote about that I do think makes sense is he's very good at making the first pass. Yeah. I think that's important to this offense as they transition out of defense. Daly, Schultz, guys like that uh, helped this, this team. Even though Schultz isn't the best at it, but those two guys I think were put in better positions here because of that. Um, I think the forwards will be helped by it. And uh, something else that Mike Kelly, the guy who found that number that said Johnson was in the top six when it came to making a breakout pass, something else he told me was just look at the amount of heavy minutes he logged against the other team's best players in Columbus offensively. They didn't put Wierenski and Seth Jones in that role. They put him in that role, and he was overtaxed in that regard. Tim, last thing for you, and it's pertinent. So what animal would you be if you were a furry? I think I would be a hot dog. I think I'd be a furry hot dog. I'm just I'm compelled by the notion of bringing instant replay to the hot dog eating contest. Did you see that? They went to replay? They're going to get replay. I just tweeted it out not too long ago. Apparently, they miscounted a bunch of plates. Like, the guy who won still should have won, but everybody's plate total was low, and, like, they had to switch the payout on the over-under totals and whatnot. So I guess they need to go to replay and figure out what counts as an eaten hot dog or not. ESPN put a story up about it today. Where are they going to find replay for hot dog oh, porn? Okay, we're good. I think they'll find it there. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I think we'll be covered. And uh, I've I, I got to give credit to, to Tom across the glass there. Woken Thomas did a fantastic job getting through that. I, there's nothing in the world that makes my skin crawl more than even the thought of wet bread. Like, yeah. wet bread just makes me want to vomit thinking about it. And when I see those hot dog buns dunked in water, I just want to hurl. Yeah, he had a problem with that, uh, in fact, in the filming of the cheese teas today. No toms were harmed, but he uh, he almost yacked on that first take. We could only do one take. We only had so many hot dogs. He held it in pretty good. 
<laughs> what did you do with the other hot dogs? Because I know we didn't eat the rest of those. Well, I ate one, Tom ate one, and Brian ate one. Where'd you get them, by the way? Brighton Hot Dog Shop. Oh, that's a good spot. That's yeah. a good spot, yeah. Yeah. They asked yeah, us what we were doing. I would also recommend Franctuary with the poutine hot dog. That's, that's a solid get. We can't say poutine on the radio, Tim. Um, well, i got to do it with a better French accent, but it comes off more legit. Thanks for your time, pal. Have fun in Wrigley. I will, yes. I'll give you a full report. Is, have you done Wrigley yet? Is that on your sports bucket list? I did it once, and we're going to have to get into this at some point. I thought it was a total dump. Oh, okay. We'll do a Wrigley review when I come on next week. Perfect. Have fun, though, man. Bye. Tim Benz. I loved the I loved Wrigley. The atmosphere was great, but it's a total dump ball. Yeah, it's a that place. Is oh, it is. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it, you got to check it out and go there you because it's Wrigley, but it's a dump. Yeah, the hallways are real thin. It's like mm-hmm. if you have ever been to Madison Square Garden, I haven't been there in a while. They have renovated, but I went there for a Rangers game in like 2007 against the Penguins, and the bathrooms were smaller than the studio. Oh, like, the garden's awful. Oh, they, like terrible. after the remodel, they did fix some of that stuff. But like, yeah, the garden, I mean, all of those city arenas like that, hallways are tiny, too many people in there, always reeks of sweat oh. when there's a crowded thing. But you, like I said, you got to go because it's nostalgia and it's just cool to take in the atmosphere. I thought Fenway was badass. Yeah. And I thought Wrigley was ass. Coming up next, <laughs> speaking of ass, Randy Slack. Formerly of slacking off on Fridays in the DVE morning show. He now works somewhere else. Who knows? But he's a big Reds fan. We got to talk to him about the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl. Two and a half game cushion between the Pirates and the Reds. Can they hold it? That's next. Crowley Show. Mega Bowl.